Seed Health Podcast. I'm Noah Goldstein, and we're here to learn and expand our perceptions and understandings of health. I'm here today with Ruvain Pakal. Ruvain is a psychotherapist who facilitates men's groups oriented towards personal growth and development by dismantling conditioning. Um, which allows us to gain more access to who we really are and to live from that place. He also does couples counseling that focuses on relationship as a path towards growth and f- more full living. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And... Um, Appreciate you taking the time. And why don't you, I explained in a sort of soundbite what it is that you do. Why don't you go ahead and dive a little bit deeper and help people understand. I bring men together on our land here at Eagle Prairie to um, help them recognize their blind spots, their limiting conditioning that covers over who they really are. And so we use the, the organism of the group to give men reflections about what we, how we see their blind spots and help them recognize that and connect with what it is that they're actually uh, avoiding and resisting about their own experience so that they can uh, expand their capacity to be with and feel and tolerate what they actually do feel what they are experiencing rather than organizing their life around avoiding what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. They come to um, recognize and embrace who they, what they feel, who they are, and then have access to um, their genuine inspiration, their passion, their, um, their true self, their true life. And then we support them to um, practice those new ways of being in the, the laboratory of the, of the men's group. And then through that, help them take that out and live that in their life, to, to live their life and their purpose coming from who they really are, not from some um, habitual conditioning. Mm. So they can be a better husband, a better father, a better professional in whatever way that exactly they are. a more loving clear and boundaried um father partner um a more clear and powerful um person in their professional life um and just feel connected with life and feel their their love and care for and desire to serve and protect life mm. We first met because I'm in a men's group that um, we were sort of self-facilitated and um, we felt like we were hitting a wall and we were sort of, you know, meeting once a month and there was some goodness to the the connection that we were creating and but we sort of, we wanted something more and, um, and so I actually 
got to work with you in that capacity and, and sort of see how how what happens and and it, and it sort I felt like it took our group to a whole nother level um, by setting a structure and a tone where where we were all being called upon to speak truly um, and so first time actually yeah, let's just share a little story from that where where one of one of the the, the men in my group said to you like I, you know I feel angry at you because of this thing that you did and your response was I have space for your anger and I think for me that was a sort of paradigm shift around anger and how it can be received and responded to uh, as opposed to sort of reacted to and um, and I, I'm curious if you could share about your side of that experience and how you got to a place where that was able to be your response and um, yeah yeah it's a great question um, <clears throat> when when somebody has some feedback from me like that or expression of anger, I know that it's going to be, it's an opportunity for them to learn something because if he's angry at me, it means that there's a disturbing feeling that he's having that he can't be with. And I'm going to help him see what that is, what's underneath the anger so that he can have more awareness and then it's an invitation for him to accept that part of his own experience and to expand his tolerance for that part of his experience. Like maybe he felt, um, I did something and that brought up a feeling of inadequacy or shame or worthlessness or sadness or fear in him and he's not willing to be with that. He's avoiding it and, and so anger comes in to protect that and then expresses anger at me as though I'm the location of his disturbance. And so as soon as somebody's angry at me, I'm like, oh good, they're gonna be able to learn and grow and evolve here because they're gonna see something. And secondly, it's an opportunity for me because he might be showing me something about what I'm doing, you know, something I'm not willing to feel or I'm unconscious about and I'm going to get more consciousness, more awareness of myself so that I can grow and expand and evolve. Um, and thirdly, through the process of engaging conflict with the person, we are likely to feel closer mm -hmm. because of how we're going to handle it. Yeah, that was, that was definitely, I think everyone felt closer and I know the two of you felt closer. And, um, and I think what well, you had mentioned before um, that, you know, for you, the, the whole relationship and relating to one another, uh, whether it's in an intimate couples sort of setting or in a group setting is you called it a path, um, a path towards towards growth, a path towards more self-awareness, more freedom. Can you can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, any challenges that I have with you or in my life is showing me um, where I'm stuck, where I'm 
I'm unwilling to feel something um, where I'm unaware, I'm unconscious. And so those challenges are an opportunity for me to see those parts of myself and to develop a new way of relating to those things in myself, new way of relating to life. So um, an example is in my marriage, when my, if my wife is um, expressing unhappiness with me about some way of being, mm-hmm. I could, you know, get defensive, which might be the, the, the initial response that, that I'm wired to have. But then my mind says, oh, wait a minute, Ruvain, if you're getting defensive or angry, that means you're defending something, you're protecting something that you don't want to feel. And so then I just drop in and I look at what am I defending? What's underneath my defensiveness or my anger? And it's always something more vulnerable. Yeah. And like mm, she said something like, you fucked up here. You, you messed up here. And that brings up a feeling in me of I'm bad or inadequate or um, shame or something. And that's what I'm not wanting to feel. Uh-huh. That's why I got angry or defensive. And so then I acknowledge to myself, I find the sensation in my body that's broadcasting that emotion. I find where that shame or inadequacy feeling is living. It's like, oh, my belly is tight. I feel hot, whatever. My shoulders are tense. And I just acknowledge to myself, yeah, I feel ashamed. And I just, I practice accepting that. I give myself permission to -hmm. feel as ashamed as I feel. Mm -hmm. And the immediate response of the body to um, accepting uh, something that we've been resisting is calm and peace <laughs> and ease and that's a sign that I nailed it uh-huh. and then I, I've just had another practice experience in that moment of expanding my tolerance for disturbance expanding my tolerance for reality expanding my capacity to say yes to life to reality which is the path of awakening as I understand it mm. Mm. How did you, or how does, how does anybody get to a place where in that moment where the, somebody says something that like presses that button and evokes the defense mechanism of counter aggression, um, how do you catch it? Yeah, for me, it's just a lot of practice, just okay. hundred, hundreds of repetitions <laughs> of practicing and um, really just learning the hard way of like living long enough to see <laughs> that the way that I was doing things doesn't work. It, it results in relational conflict. It results in bad outcomes. And so... I'm almost 50 now and I've had a lot of experiences of um, messing things up enough to know that avoiding conflict um, and passive aggressiveness and um, self-centeredness and um, defensiveness and whatever, that A, it doesn't work 
it creates problems for me and B there's something more going on mm-hmm. and that's just the super the superficial surface of my experience and it's just taken it takes take some of us a long time to recognize that and um, relationship is really the fast track for seeing ourselves for waking up to how I really am what's really going on here because relationship is going to put that in our face over and over in a in a sometimes very intense way getting called out by our partner and seeing that I've hurt somebody or they're upset with me and why are they always upset with me and then realizing like oh I'm I've been treating them in an unconscious way um, the way I'm showing up is not cool um, there's something going on that they keep pointing to under the surface that I'm denying or resisting or avoiding and then just gradually becoming more and more willing to look at that and mm-hmm. to take ownership of that take responsibility like oh yeah I got scared I felt inadequate and then I attacked you right and I'm sorry you know and then just gradually getting more and more um, comfortable with and it at ease with and um, relaxed with my own inner disturbances so getting comfortable with discomfort yeah and that seems to be for many of us a long path of growth getting comfortable with discomfort so that now after spending decades of my life being conflict avoidant now being at a place at this time in my life where somebody in a men's group says I'm angry with you that I'm like there's an initial um, sensation in my body of maybe a moment of fear and then telling reminding myself just um, not necessarily verbally in my mind but just kind of a, a reminder of like oh this is safe I'm somebody can be angry with me and that's okay. I'm still I'm safe uh-huh. and I know how to be with this. Uh-huh. I've I've practiced a thousand times. Right. Remembering that I'm safe when somebody's angry at me and it's safe for me to feel worthlessness, shame, inadequacy, uh-huh. fear, sadness. That's safe too. And so this actually isn't a problem. Right. This person who maybe even is important to me emotionally is angry at me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not a problem. And not only isn't it a problem, it's an opportunity. He's going to learn and grow. I'm going to learn and grow. Right. We're going to get closer. Uh-huh. Everybody around us is going to learn something. Actually, this is really exciting. Right. It's, I mean, it's interesting hearing that, that I'm, I'm safe. This is safe. You know, it, th- their anger is not a tr- like a threat. Like that's big because we're conditioned from a biological perspective, you know, because anger is a threatening sort of emotion inherently. So like having that trust that the person who is angry is not truly threatening um, and I'm even recalling back to, to when we were working in our group and there was someone who, and they weren't even 
it wasn't a, a, a an attack. It wasn't they they were actually sharing some, I think positive feedback for somebody else. But it was they was so, sort of. Terrifying on a certain level that that they were physically shaking. Their hand mm-hmm. was shaking, and um, and so I guess there's there's a lot of work we all many of us have to do around. Is it feeling safe and and feeling being able to withstand that disc because it seems what I imagine is that the more you do it you know it's still uncomfortable perhaps but it's less uncomfortable or you're more comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly like you said. yeah um, we expand our tolerance for disturbance or for big energy uh-huh um, and it can be disturbing for people just to be intimate with each other right that feels scary for a lot of people or even, and, and part of intimacy is expressing how much you're impacted by somebody, how much you care about them, how much you, pre- that can feel scary for people just to be close and intimate and, and authentic like that. Right. That can be as disturbing for some people as conflict. Uh-huh. Do you think that, and I, do you think that there's, elements around authentic or emotional emotional intimacy that is particularly challenging for men in a way that it is I know you do men's groups and I, I you know yeah absolutely yeah men are conditioned at least in our society to um, not be close to each other because closeness um, requires authenticity and authenticity requires acknowledging all of our experience which includes um, vulnerability mm-hmm. and um, and which is considered in our culture weakness right on the part of men and so um, that so being close being authentic for men it gets equated with being weak right and being perceiving ourselves as weak or being seen as weak feels like a threat Uh uh-huh and so it all comes back down to fear so men have a lot more fear in my experience of being intimate with each other than women do Uh uh-huh and maybe in certain cases men are sort of seek out all of the intimacy with women because it's a little bit safer yeah because women aren't as much going to judge them right for being in their heart or for feeling um vulnerable feelings uh-huh. still a lot of men are are scared of and avoid being intimate in that emotionally authentic mm-hmm. with women too but it's just amplified man to man right i've always thought you know, it's sort of like if if I'm not my authentic self and and I'm rejected, people don't like me, you know, whether it's these guys or, you know, that girl or whatever it is, then, you know, it hurts. But at least I have that excuse of like, oh, well, I wasn't really my authentic self. I was putting on a front. And so they didn't really reject me in that deepest sense. Mm-hmm. They were... They rejected that front that I put on, which isn't really truly me. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a story that I have around one of the reasons maybe we all we often 
put up fronts is because if you actually truly bear yourself authentically and it's possible that many of us did in our innocence as children and were rejected or just not seen the way we needed to be seen um and so then we learned oh well, it's a lot easier to yeah that's how we learn to feel okay and, and right. stay safe feel safe is to um have a a false you know a front um that feels like it protects the softer inner you know core of who we are right but then that survival strategy that got us through childhood it keeps on going yeah and then we live a life where we're lit we're not authentic and we're not living from our true self we're living from our coping strategies right and our habitual tendencies that right. we learned and then we die you right. know and we don't live our true self we, we don't live our true life and therefore we don't discover who we really are which is just a, a shame. It's a travesty. I think so most people in our culture, I think, never discover who they are, right? And never live their purpose, and and go through life feeling not whole, feeling separate from themselves, feeling fragmented, not at peace, anxious, tense, because they're living at a distance from who they really are. Mm -hmm. The further we live from who we really are the worse we feel the more we feel the more we right. suffer right and the more and we then have the more perpetuate that the more well also the the more we have to cope with the suffering caused by living at a distance from our true self those the coping with that creates more suffering right like addiction for example if I'm living at a distance from who I really am, I feel bad. And if I feel bad, then I need um, med medications to, um, to help me with that, the bad feeling and the anxiety. Uh -huh. I need to soothe myself with drugs or alcohol or right. internet or porn or um, other distractions uh -huh. to help soothe how bad I feel. So it's just, it's, it's a horrible way to live and that's how most people live. And so what I try to do in the, in the men's groups and couples work that I facilitate is to help people realize their, um, what's covering over who they really are, mm -hmm. help them dismantle that mm -hmm. and have more access and contact with who they really are and then live from that place which makes them happy, relaxed, at peace, and they discover their purpose and they live their purpose mm -hmm. and they are a contribution to life. They mm -hmm. are serving life and they feel good. That's what I'm trying to do. That's so the groups that I facilitate there, you know, when people think of a men's group, maybe people think of, oh, it's a bunch of guys getting together and I don't know whatever i'm not sure what people think like crying <laughs> together or watching football right. or but to me it's really about evolving uh -huh. waking up and living your purpose on this planet yeah that's what i'm doing with people it's so interesting because you know even in our men's group we sort of we struggle um in loops in cycles of like let's let's make this group be what it can be and help us you know move to where we're m more ourselves and then 
but it's 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 hard work and um it's important to have the context uh uh-huh. the the view and in a way that's one of the hardest things to transmit sometimes is a different worldview is is that hey what we're here for what i propose that we're here for is to wake up uh uh-huh. And how we're going to get there is by helping us, helping each other recognize what's covering over your awakeness. Uh And what's covering over your awakeness is all your your coping strategies and your false belief systems and your perceptual distortions. And so we use the members of the group to help each other recognize all of that crap yeah so that we can peel it back and and access and and recognize who am i underneath all of that when i peel the onion back of all my coping strategies of all my conditioning my faulty belief systems my perceptual distortions Mm -hmm. when i peel all that back then what do i find right who am i what do I long for? What am I inspired about? What lights me up? What is my purpose? What am I created for? What do I have to offer this world? Yeah, that actually... So in Chinese medicine, there's a concept of the, of the layers of the body. Um, and you have your exterior skin layer um, where you're... Um, your posturing towards the world, your autonomic nervous system responses, your reflex responses live. And then underneath that skin layer, there's a, a deeper layer like the flesh, the blood, which is where your emotions live and where your um, where your social inputs that have been internalized, everything you've digested, both physically, like your muscles become for food from things that you eat, and um, socially, so you see that everyone behaves this way and then you internalize it and that becomes part of how you behave. Um, and then underneath that, you get into the bones, you know, and that's sort of the core essence of, of who you are. Inside the bones is the marrow, is the, that, that generative um, essence of um, it. it your constitution, who you are, what your purpose is. And sort of the, the irony is that that deepest essence of who we are is the most resilient, powerful, mm-hmm. um, un, unbreakable, you know, un, mm. part of ourselves that like if, if and when we can live from there, there's less suffering, right? Because, and, and so, you know, it, it just, that, that resonates deeply. And mm-hmm. that's um, a really good metaphor or analogy to yeah. what we're talking about. Exactly. And, um, yeah, and, and certain, certain, uh, streams of like the acupuncture medicine is using it in a similar way to help people sh- either shed some sort of, um, habitual uh, posture that they're holding some way of seeing the world or 
and or to dive deeper into contact with that marrow bone essence level of who they are and I I you know I see the psycho emotional energetics and the like physical health often mirror each other mm -hmm. and and inform each other mm -hmm. um yeah i see that too and so um yeah a lot of the times there's these there's cool instant or instances of people coming in for a certain pain or ache or um hurt that uh it becomes an opportunity just like conflict in a relationship with another person conflict in in relationship to our body or to our health you know can be is it as, as an opportunity as a path towards expansion and growth and and not just because we you know that you were saying in a relationship we want to sort of just get rid of that discomfort but if we actually dive into the discomfort and get comfortable with it discover what it really is and what it's really about that liberates us to be able to respond and to live and to grow yeah it brings us deeper into our essence to to see where i'm covering over mm -hmm. my essence brings me into my essence it, it attracts my attention says mm. over here look over here yeah and then you peel that you make contact with that layer of the onion and then if you want peel it back and see what's under there right and then that's the, the closer, again, the closer we get to who we are, the better we feel. Right. And, and it, it makes sense conceptually, but like then when we actually have the experience, that's when we really know what we're talking about here is, is that feeling when you're living from your essence, you're being really who you are. That's the best feeling. I'm curious how you see so i know you, you you do couples work and you do men's groups mm -hmm. and gender roles are changing a lot right now um in 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 terms of sociocultural expectations around what it means to be a man and in terms around even the gender binary whether like it has to be either or and and I'm curious if that shows up in in the work that you do, if you see different themes coming up now than you saw five or ten years ago, um, and um, and like how, how you think that impacts all of this, or if it even, maybe, I mean, it sounds like on a certain level, trying to get to your authentic self, either way, you're, 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 you're trying to transcend or go deeper than any of these external pieces well that that last thing you said that's that's accurate to my experience like i'm just looking for um what's occurring in the person in the moment that is covering over who they are that uh -huh. is a some kind of a deflection or a, a, a sign of resisting reality when we resist reality we suffer when we accept reality we're at peace and so I'm looking for how people are resisting reality, pointing that out, helping them drop into 
their actual experience in the moment so they make contact with who they really are mm-hmm. and so social constructs and sociopolitical you know what like i i'm not really interested in that in in terms of my work because how people occur in the moment is is um what i'm dealing with and um if if when we peel down the layers they find that they're not gender binary or they're they're gay or they're hetero or they're whatever like that truth will be discovered by dropping down and down through the layers and we don't need to address it as a um concept Um, Uh it'd be more like it's something that would occur experientially right um, just through the process. Right. Okay. So I just have a couple more questions. One is, um, so sometimes this type of work is done one-on-one, um, like with a therapist or, you know, which you have training as a therapist. Um, and you, you, you work in groups and I'm curious if why that is, or if you see, um, yeah, what you see different in the dynamics of multiple people and yeah, the group is a much more powerful container, much more powerful organism than just working one on one with somebody. Um, the way the way that I approach it anyway, um, I see the group as an organism, and I'll talk about it as an organism, mm-hmm. and it's an it you have all these people's awareness presence, consciousness, um, wisdom applied to the experience of the organism, the experience that's happening in the room. And um, I instruct people to pay attention and be looking for what they are aware of about each other. And that amplifies the um, possibilities um, of of people getting seen deeply their way of being getting Mm. reflected their blind spots being pointed out there um and so you've got eight sets of eyes on you instead of just one and instead of the therapist saying well this is what i'm noticing about you or do you notice this thing um i might say hey this i'm noticing this about you and i might ask who else is noticing that? And then you see how many hands go up and, and I might ask, what else are you, tell him what else you guys are noticing about him. Mm-hmm. How are you impacted by him? How do you feel around him? Um, what do you notice about him? And so it's a, it's a much more potent container. And then in part because it's a, it's a laboratory mm-hmm. and a practice arena. So you're going to see your blind spots very well, and you're also going to get invited to practice new ways of being that are more authentic, that are more reflective of who you really are. And then you're going to see if you can be accepted by something that feels like kind of family of origin container. Mm. You're going to see if you can be accepted by the collective even with how these these vulnerable feelings that you have, even with these weaknesses and limitations you're showing up with, even with how you just screwed something up, 
can you be accepted? You bring out your deepest vulnerabilities and you find that the collective accepts that, then you're going to feel more of like, maybe I can accept that about myself. Maybe oh. I can include that in the circle of acceptance of what I can accept about myself. Mm -hmm. And so it, it rewires and reprogramming, rewires and reprograms our brain, creates new neural networks of, oh, this thing that I thought was so shameful, I had to always avoid it, resist it, deny it, um, not let anybody see it, not look at it myself. This thing is being pointed out and is being accepted. And maybe this part of me is okay. Uh -huh. That's deeply healing. That's the essence of healing, right. I think, is feeling more whole, less separate right. from myself, then feeling more connected and um, less separate from others and from all of life. Right. And we start being a yes to ourselves and then a yes to experiences, a yes to life, a yes to disturbing things. Mm. And we just feel better, suffer less. That's, that's beautiful. So that's a lot of the power of the group. The group. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and research bears out that um, group therapy is much more effective than individual therapy overall. Mm. Mm. Well, it's interesting because, you know, some of the, some of the work that I've done and, and, I mean, there's a sense that the group isn't just the group of, of humans, but that there's the, you know, the more than human group of, of living beings around us and the ways that those things can also reflect back and that through expanding our connection with other humans, we can also then expand our connection with the rest of the living world, as, as you sort of alluded to. Yeah, the, the more kind of relaxed we are with ourselves, the more whole we feel with ourselves through embracing what was previously rejected, the more we feel um, connected with things outside of our people and beyond more than human world um, outside of ourselves. And we right. come to experience the rest of the world as not necessarily even outside of me. Uh -huh. It's... Uh, there's an ever-expanding, as we evolve and get more conscious, there's an ever-expanding identification, self-identification. Right. It's like that river, the sky is is um, not separate. I'm not separate from that. That's right. all. There's a more of a sense of interbeing uh -huh. that comes into play when we're not so busy and preoccupied with um, resisting and defending uh -huh. ourselves against life because life is going to bring up disturbing things for me and that that makes me want to um stay separate from life and not take life in right but when i'm willing to to feel everything then i'm not so scared of life and i feel more whole and connected with life uh -huh. and then i i want to um and then i feel gratitude towards life which feels um like a part of me and i want to serve life mm -hmm. And that's the way I understand it. That's one of the marks of be distinctions of becoming developmentally becoming an adult is feeling like responsible for more than just me and my little family or whatever, but 
um, feeling connected with all of life and therefore wanting to take care of it right. and wanting to serve it. Yeah. And so as we become developmentally adults, we develop a delivery system for serving life uh-huh. because we care about all of uh-huh. life, not just getting good stuff for me. Right. So that's where we start living our purpose, which is delivering our unique gifts into the world in service of life. That is the mark of an adult Mm -hmm. developmentally. And I think that's how we live a good, satisfying, fulfilling, beautiful, helpful life is delivering our purpose to the collective. There, that, I mean, my final question was, and usually is how do you define health but i i think you just you just defined it right there you know being in a place where you're living from your fullest self and in service to life absolutely yeah that was that's it yeah thank you so much ruvain you're so welcome Um, it was really fun to be here and talk with you it was i mean yes me too and um I guess I'm assuming people can find more information about you and how to connect with you through your website. Yeah, ruvainbacall.com. Okay, yeah. and that'll be in the show notes if people, you know, for spelling and whatnot. Great. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you're taking something away from this conversation. Um, maybe explore feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, exploring those those you know habitual responses that you're having noticing the the red flags those triggers and and questioning what's what's maybe underneath it Um, and uh, feel free to share this with anybody and everybody who might benefit from it and uh, as always we're we're open to feedback and I look forward to um, seeing you guys next time thanks bye the sea